or good morning or good afternoon, depending on where you are. Uh, this is the Generic Football Show. I'm here with Dan and another Dan. And we thought we'll bring in another Dan because uh, we have a Champions League final coming up. And we have one representative of fans. Uh, so we thought we'll get the other representative of fans. Uh, Hi Dan, would you like to introduce yourself to the to the lovely listeners of the Generic Football Show? Hi guys, I'm Dan, and I'm going to be the Tottenham fan on this show. We need to give you another name because it's we'll just go Ginge. We might Ginge, as well. Okay, it yeah. works, doesn't it? I mean, I didn't want to. I was going to bring it up, but I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were comfortable with that name to the millions of fans. We Ginge, have. Garfield, Mcucknell. Oh go, wow! Go wherever you like. You went it. there. <laughs> Well, I think we should just stick with Ginge. Garfield does not get you anywhere in this conversation. <laughs> Previous experience tells you that. <laughs> cool. uh, so I think I'm going to pretty much hand over to you guys as we talk about the Champions League final, because obviously, Dan, uh, you're a Liverpool fan. Ginge, you're a Tottenham fan. Uh, you two teams face off next week, Saturday. Um, yeah. First of all, Dan, as the favourite... Uh, I think it's safe to say, how do you fancy your chances as a Liverpool fan? I don't. Because th there's a lot of trepidation about this game. You know, we lost last year. Um, to be honest, last year Madrid were uh, the best team in Europe. You know, I'd say if not, you know, second. Um, and I kind of expected us to lose that, despite how good we were going into it. Um, this season... We've come in as favourites, but it, it kind of would be so like Liverpool to, you know, 97 points, finishing second and then losing in a final where they're favourites. Um, and I kind of, I'm not expecting to lose, but at the same time, it wouldn't shock me, which is the worst thing about it. Yeah. Um, and this is why I'm not going to be overly confident today about talking about it. I think the thing is, though, you're playing the one team that is more Liverpool than Liverpool in Tottenham. Like, if there's any team that bottles things and comes second and is always sort of like, might be the fan favourite, but never, or always a bridesmaid, never the bride, it is Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just... My worry is, is that we're going to end this season, like I said, 97 points finishing second. And that is so, that would just be unbearable. Like, water polo would be my new favourite sport if that happened. Like, I've already picked out a team and everything like that, just in case. Uh, like, Liverpool Red Wings, I think they're called. Like, I've still gone Liverpool. I've still had to base it around that. But, um, I mean, it's, we've, I mean, we've beat Tottenham twice this season. But when you look back at it, They've been tough games, and it's been mistakes that have cost them. So it's almost like if they cut out the mistakes, because they are stupid mistakes. I mean, you look at the first game, which was at Wembley, and it was Lloris fumbling a ball. Vorm. Oh, was it Vorm? Vorm played that, that game. It. So it was Vorm fumbling a ball for... It was a corner, wasn't it, the first goal, where yep. Jeannie Van Eldum scored an away goal, mm -hmm. which in itself is amazing. Um, and then Vorm fumbled another one, and Firmino tucked it in. Um, and then at Anfield, it was the whole Salah header, Lloris and Aldeviraud. Um, and so it doesn't, it's not like we've gone there and we've battered them. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Wembley game, you know, we, we had a lot of possession and like the better chances. But 
I can't. I don't know. It's it's too close to core. I would rather have played Ajax. Which is nuts to me, I think, because Ajax were by far the better team in both legs of the Champions League semi-final against us. Um, you know, we had a 45-minute spell in that second half where we grew into the game. But, you know, Ajax hit the post and Lloris pulled off a couple of great saves mm. in that second half. You know, and then we score with the very last kick of the game. Mm. It's not like we had a lot of chances or anything like that. So, But, you know, you talk about those two games, but at the same time, in the last 14 times Liverpool and Spurs have played together, Liverpool have lost once. So it's not like, you know, it's just this season they've had a couple of close games. Liverpool have obviously had the upper hand, you know, in the last sort of six years or so. I think for me as a neutral, because um, I pretty much am a neutral, uh, it seems like this Champions League campaign has been kind of based around heart more so than like, a team's ability like you look at Ajax and you look at them on paper they sh you wouldn't have suggested they'd get as far as they did as with Tottenham um, so I guess the question I want to ask you guys is who do you think has the most heart going into the game who's the most likely to I don't know get a late equaliser or maybe even a late comeback if this game was at Anfield there'd be no doubt in my mind no doubt in my mind um, but they've They've both just come back. They've ju both just had unbelievable comebacks. Sort of, you know, we've gone and beat Barcelona and Tottenham have scored on the last kick of the game. Um, I'd, I would say us. I would say that we've got, you know, the bigger heart and, and, you know, that might that might sort of put us in good stead. It's, I just think it's luck. It's luck. I don't really necessarily think it's heart. I think, you know, obviously that's going to play a part of it. But, it, I mean, this is the weirdest debate that I've been in because both of us are sort of going, oh, well, you know, the other team and sort of like this. And it's sort of like, part of me would love to say, you know, I'm so confident we're going to batter them. But how, you know, how sort of, does it sound to say that Harry Kane's been out for God knows how long, comes back sort of like the first game within sort of however many weeks and scores a 91st minute winner? Do you know what I mean? It's very Harry Kane. Yeah. You've only got to look at the World Cups and, you know, even the Nations League against Croatia, scoring that last minute winner against, against them. But I think if you're talking about heart, for me, there's no question about it. Spurs have more heart. Spurs have absolutely more heart. Don't get me wrong, when it comes to fans, you know, you don't beat sort of Liverpool fans on a European night. Like, they're fantastic. But all Spurs have had to go through this season and to get where they are is a minor. Well, it's not even a minor miracle. It's a major miracle. You know, it's not just the fact that we haven't signed players. It's the fact that all of our big players are constantly linked with moves away. Our manager this season has constantly been moved with a link. Um linked with a move away um we've had vital injuries at, like at times you know Kane Kane has been injured sort of for majority of the season well not majority of the season but sort of he's had two lengthy periods we had nine players involved in the World Cup semi-finals all coming back after 10 days rest and get jumping straight into a season again <laughs> you know we've had Vincent Janssen on our bench towards the end of the season like 
<clears throat> you know, we've had a goalkeeper that's had not a great season. Kieran Trippier probably being the worst fullback in the league this year. That's, um, that's a big call. You know, we've gone from last year having such a solid base to now Musa Sissoko and one of Victor Wanyama, who can no longer move, and Eric Dyer, who shouldn't move. <laughs> um, so, for me, you know, we we played two legs against Man City. No, no chance. We should have had no chance, but we did it. We went to Ajax, went 2-0 down at half-time. We got 45 minutes to you know, to get the win with without your best player, you know, without your best striker, and you throw on Fernando Llorente to save you the game. And he did. Fernando Llorente. And Deli Alley, who's, you know, I think even by his regards, he would say he's had a pretty poor season. You know, I don't think that's all his fault. I think a lot of that is because he's... His flexibility is his own downfall in the fact that he plays the position that the manager tells him rather than his best position. Um, but these people popping up out of nowhere, Lucas Mora, who had a great start to the season but then completely faded away, you know, got two hat-tricks in the last sort of six weeks. You know, we we just shouldn't be here. We just shouldn't be here. Liverpool have lost three games this calendar year and two of those are to Man City and Barcelona. The other to Wolves, you know, but that was a weakened side. You know, all away games, they haven't lost a home game this calendar year. For the last two calendar years. For the last two calendar years. Uh, I mean... Tottenham have lost 12 games this calendar year. Well, I mean... 12. So, I mean, he's probably beat me on the heart side of things. I don't really have an argument to sort of go against it. My, my big thing about this final, and the only reason that I'm you know, ever, you know, where any shred of confidence comes from is how many games Tottenham have lost this year. I mean, Tottenham finished third. Fourth. Or fourth. Fourth. Tottenham finished fourth and lost 12 games in the league? 13. Like, 13 games. That's that's over, well, that's a third of their games in the league that they lost. I mean, over a third, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just, that's the only thing that sort of, keeps me hoping and I think that you know hopefully hopefully we can sort of we can do it but like I said I just keep going back to it I keep going back to the thought of us losing that final and finishing second it's just I don't know how you come back from it I really don't especially losing a final the year before I, I think and I think the pressure has to be on you as well I think it has to be you know um not only, you know, we've met in one final before. It was the 81-82 League Cup final. Liverpool won that. We've met once in Europe before. 72-73 UEFA Cup. Liverpool won that. You know, you've lost one game all season. You've had your best ever season. And I don't think it's a stretch to say if Liverpool play their best next Saturday, they win the game. I don't think that's a stretch because they're a better team than Tottenham Hotspur. But... Liverpool have Jurgen Flop. <laughs> I love that name. And for that reason alone, I, this is why I think Spurs are going to win. He's lost his last six European finals, or last, lost his last six finals. And I, th 
to be honest, you know, Spurs are called the bottle jobs, but <laughs> can you really look any further? You know, is it something is it something that's just ingrained in him to to lose the big one? I think it's safe to say that this conversation sounds like Liverpool have the quality, the quality edge over Tottenham, whereas Tottenham have the heart edge over Liverpool. But what I want to know from you two is who do you think's had the toughest run to the final? Definitely Tottenham again. Definitely Tottenham again. Um, in terms of, you know, we've played Man City, who have proven this season that they're a better team than Liverpool. You know, we've played an Ajax side that beat Real Madrid, beat Juventus, gave Bayern Munich two real tough games in the group stages. You know, we've had to play Barcelona as well. Don't forget that. We had to play them twice. We managed to go to the new camp and get a draw, um, which is more than Liverpool did, to be fair. You know, you know, we played in at Milan, who, you know, in all fairness, aren't great. But we also played Borussia Dortmund, who had their best season in years. Um, without Jurgen Klopp, so they're going to be more successful. Oh, me how? Oh, I like how this is going. So, yeah, for me, again, Tottenham. Don't get me wrong, you know, Liverpool have had it tough as well. They had a really tough group and... Well, I mean... Yeah, I would agree that Tottenham had the hardest running. I mean, we had, uh, I mean, we had PSG, who we beat, and then I think we lost to. We had Napoli, who, barring a Allison late save, we managed to beat at Anfield, but you know, struggled. Um, we had uh, Red Star, who battered us away. You know, in a game that we should be winning. Um, a Bayern Munich team that didn't want to attack us for two legs, a Porto team that's unable to attack, and then and Barcelona. Um, but I mean, it's it's you can only beat what's in front of you. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, the Jurgen Klopp thing is is worrying. Um, but Jurgen Klopp. But but he's not on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? And the way he sets his teams up, I don't think it changes for a final. Just So why do you think he's been so unsuccessful in finals? I don't know. I think that it's... it. I mean, how many of them finals has he been in where he's been the favourite? I, I think two, from what I can remember. I think Cause he played there was one of the German Cup finals where he played either Wolfsburg or Mainz. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, two. So, and he's lost six. So, last season, I mean, as good as we were last season, still Cristiano Ronaldo and Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And, be- and carry us. <laughs> and carry us. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, and the thing is, is last season, last season, I hold no grudges over what he'd done because he had, um, he had, he couldn't have affected that game. Do you know what I mean? He could not have foreseen what was going to happen. We rolled the ball out for Benzema. For one of their goals, you know, he's Carius has clapped one of Bales into the back of the net, and Bale scores a wonder goal. Do you know what I mean? It's not you're not gonna you can't affect that. That's just that's just fate. That's but just didn't you think the performance level was down? Um, yes, but you also got to remember that you lose your most influential player after half hour. That's going to put a knock on effect. Do you know what I mean? He 
you know what I mean? And you can say as much as you want. You can sort of, as a manager, you can go into that dressing room at halftime and rally them. Do you know what I mean? And to be fair, we, after, after halftime, we went, you know, we, we equalised. But it was a drop-off again. Do you know what I mean? And that's down to players on the pitch. I'm not, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't put that at his door of blame. Um, I'm trying to think of the other cup finals he's got to with Liverpool. Man City? Man City in the League Cup final. Yeah. And Sevilla in the UEFA yes. Cup final. Yeah. Or Europa League. Yeah, I mean, that Man City Cup final, I mean, it's Man City. I just I think they've always been a class above us. Do you know what I mean? Since he's been there. Um, and the Sevilla final, we had Alberto Moreno. So... But at the end of the day, it was Klopp that chose no, of course. to deploy of course. Alberto Moreno of course. and chose to put Carrius in goal. So is I mean, he making the wrong decisions in the big games? I I don't think he could have done right whatever he chose. I don't. We, we didn't have a keeper that we could rely on. I think he thought, you know, he had more confidence with Carrius. And, you know, he since you know, made the judgment call to bring in players to, you know, make sure that these two aren't in the start. But was that Klopp's third season in charge? The Real Madrid final? Or was it his fourth? It was either his third or it was his third. It was his third. So it took him three years to realise that his keepers weren't any good. Um... Well, I mean, Carrius... Or he... I mean, he bought Carrius. Yeah, yeah, he did. So... He did. I mean, Carrius didn't come with a bad reputation, though. I mean, he was a Man City player. Do you know what I mean? He didn't come he with a bad reputation. Yeah, but so was Jadon Sancho. Uh, there's a difference, though, between leaving for Dortmund and, you know, leaving never playing a game and never having any chance to play a game. Like, going to Augsburg or Mainz or wherever Carrius first ended up. Um, look, every manager's had their bad cause, haven't they? Every manager has had their bad cause. I wouldn't... You're not going to find one manager that's not made... That's never made a bad transfer. I mean, admittedly, yeah. Hindsight, huh? Poch has never made a bad sign-in. Never made a bad sign-in. Never made a bad sign-in. Vincent Janssen still has time to come Thank good. you. Thank you. You've already and found one. The thing, the thing with Roberto Tottenham is Sardaga. whenever we do make a bad sign-in, Daniel Levy makes up for it by getting more money than we paid for him. Roberto Soldado. Wasn't a Pochettino sign-in. He was not. He was not. He was a Vias Boas sign-in. Vias Boas, okay. It's just Janssen, then. Even even Musa Sissoko, I I would have agreed with you this yeah. time last year. Yeah. But now, you know, he he has stepped in and replaced Musa Dembele. Somehow, some way, he has become the key cog to Tottenham. So although I'm probably setting myself up for a fall, how many bad signings has Klopp made? Well, I think we can say Carrius. Carry off. <laughs> Carry off. Has <laughs> um. Cater can come good quickly enough? Uh, I think he had a good end for some I think Cater's up in the air still. Mm. I think Cater's up in the air still. It still yeah, could go wrong. I think he had a good end Fabinho's just about nah, brought it around. Fabinho's a Took great a player, to be yeah. fair. I mean, you know, Mo Salah, he's, you know, the second Terrible best signing. Egyptian to ever oh, play in the I Premier thought, League. I thought we were looking for signings that were bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but, like, 
you know, I think it's only Mido that's really above him. Hossam Ghali pushes him close as, as the great Egyptians to grace the Premier League. Um, I think what's quite interesting about good managers, though, is they can make bad players look good. Yeah, and I think that is the case with both managers, to be fair to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because Jordan Henderson shouldn't, doesn't really look like he has the ability to be a good footballer. But I think he's key to England and he is key to Liverpool. He has a lot of heart. You can tell he plays for the badge. And yeah, absolutely. That's something that I think a manager does well to install in a player. Um, speaking as a Man United fan, that's something a manager hasn't been able to do for any of our players. But that's a completely separate subject. Um, there was a lot of fighting talk between the two managers. I want to ask you very straight up, who is the better manager, Klopp or Pochettino? I'll let you go for that. I'm going Klopp. I don't care about his final record. I really don't. I think that he is... If you told me that I could be managed by one of them two, it would be Klopp every day of the week. I just think he's got the man management down to a T. Um, I think he'll bring, he brings the best out of you. And I just think that it's... I prefer the style of play, the sort of like the, the heavy metal football as such, that he sort of brings... Or that he says he brings. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Liverpool have played heavy metal, mafe, heavy metal football this year. I to be honest, there have been a lot of one nil wins, a lot of two ones. I think. I think so, I, well, I think some of it has. I think. La well, last season was heavy metal. Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. A lot of it. I, I think some of this season I class as heavy metal. But even so, he's managing to change things up, which we didn't think we could do last season. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think you can say exactly the same for Tottenham, though. You know, like um, Tottenham covered the second most distance in the whole Premier League this season out of any team. Uh, Christian Eriksen again came in the top 20 for distance covered, you know, for the third year running. Um, and like I said, with with all the sort of action that the guys faced in the summer, you know, like Eriksen's played 50 games this year. Kane, who I've said has been out a lot, has still played 39 games. Son has played 47 games just for Tottenham. You know, and that's not including his South Korea stuff. Yeah, like, you can do that all you want, but, like, man knows his stats. <laughs> man knows his stats. Like, we we shouldn't be where we are, and those players should be on the ground by now. And I think it is because of Maurizio Pochettino that they are not. With Liverpool, you know, you can look at Liverpool's eleven, and there isn't really a weakness. You can't really tell me a weakness. You look at Tottenham's eleven, and there are weaknesses sort of dotted all over. So maybe not our attacking. You know, we, we have a good attacking force, but, you know, we've got a centre-back that wants to leave. We've got an ageing Jan Vertonghen. We've got Danny Rose that isn't the same player he was two years ago. Kieran Trippier yeah, that shouldn't be still good players. Shouldn't they're be still there. still good players. They still get into mo like Aldevera, whether he wants to leave or not, is still Is there get a Tottenham player that would get into Liverpool's defence? Yes. Who? I'd put Aldevera out in there. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at elevens, you know, Liverpool Liverpool very, very slightly overachieved this year, I think. But they should be up there. They yes. should be challenging no, for the title. And we Tottenham should not be anywhere near. You should not lose 13 games and still get a Champions League place. But I think that's, I think that's how bad the rest of the league's been. I don't think that's a, you know, something that you should be proud about. We still I, did what we did. I think that's, we still I think that's did how bad United were and how bad Chelsea were. And Chelsea how bad finished Arsenal above were. us. But do you know what I mean? I, but it's sort of, I think it's, 
down to, I mean, how many points did Arsenal finish behind you? Arsenal finished one point behind us. Do you know what I mean? And it's, and even they were bad this season. Like, you know what I mean? Not many people were raving about Arsenal. I mean, I they went on a, what, 19 match unbeaten run? I mean, so they're not that bad. Yeah, but they're not that great either, are they? No one's saying Arsenal pulling up trees. I mean, it's the first season of a new manager. They've missed out on the Champions League qualification by one point, and they're in a Europa League final. Bad, really a bad season. They might win something. Yeah, are you? Are you going to win anything? Are you going to win anything? Well, this, this is it. This is it. If if Arsenal win the Europa League, they've had a better season than Liverpool. If Liverpool lose next Saturday, it's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah. No, I agree. But they haven't won it yet. No, they haven't. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just... I don't know. It's, I'm not looking forward to it, but I am. And I think this is why I love it. Yeah. And I don't really want to give a score prediction because I don't really want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but if I have to give a score prediction... 2-1 Liverpool. Um, I think that's a fair prediction. I think it's a wrong prediction. Um, and Spurs are going to win 3-1. Oh, that's no, big. No, no doubt about it. That's big. I have absolutely no doubt about it. Tottenham are winning this final. Wow. I can't wait to see afterwards. And I will be outside your door <laughs> with a crate of Strongbow Dark Fruits singing every Tottenham song I know for a, at least a week. Yeah. Because this doesn't happen to us. This doesn't happen to us. We don't get fairy tales. But... We've won a trophy every year for the last five decades. This is our last chance to win one this decade. It's being done. Wow. Yeah, if I was to, as a mutual, make a score prediction, I'm going to say a very mutual score line of 0-0. Zero, zero, um, and it's going, to go to, <laughs> it's going to go to penalties. I think Liverpool will win on penalties. Um, and I think that should conclude our debate. Thanks, guys, for uh, debating. I really enjoyed that, actually. Um, Join us in part two where we discuss the Europa League, which we often <laughs> fail to do. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of the Generic Football Show. Um, we always forget to discuss the Europa League, partly because neither of our beloved teams are in it, um, and also because no one really cares about the competition. But there is a reason to care as a, a fan of British football at the moment because we have two English teams, two London-based teams, Arsenal and Chelsea, who both didn't qualify. Uh, sorry, Chelsea did qualify for Champions League next season, but Arsenal didn't. However, they do have a chance of qualifying for the Champions League next season by winning the Europa League. Um, Dan, you've got a mic in your hand. Just just quickly, don't Arsenal, go into pot, don't Arsenal or Chelsea go into pot one if they win it? And they go straight in with the big boys. Statman. I I think the winners of the Champions League, the Europa League, and then there's and then like the six top league winners. Isn't so it? it's it's obviously England, Spain, Germany, Italy. Germany, Italy, Russia. And Portugal. Portugal. You could well be right. Mm. I think you could well be right, yeah. Like, I think it's going to be a good final. I think it's going to be a really, really entertaining final. I think it's going to be really, um, really enjoyable, to be honest. Um, I think they're two relatively well-matched teams. They both uh, they both have... Uh, Arsenal this year have had a, had a really good identity at the Emirates. 
And to be honest, the last uh, couple of games in Europe away from home, they've shown that sort of same identity of, you know, a good pressing style. Um, Emery seems to have lost the sort of fear that he had at the start of the season where he wouldn't play Lacazette and Aubameyang together in away games. Which I think makes a massive difference. I think them two up top are game changers. I think when you leave one of them up top on their own, I don't think Arsenal are, you know, are much of a force. I, li- I like both strikers, don't get me wrong, and I think they can do well on their own, but I think they're nowhere near as a force if they play two up top. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think it's uh, I think it is a blow for um, Arsenal that Ramsey won't be there because um, Ramsey's that one sort of that one player that can really link link, link the play. Um, I think it's a blow. Although he's been a hit bit hit and miss this season, I think it's a blow that Mkhitaryan won't be there for reasons that are quite frankly disgusting. Yeah, see that that's something that I wanted to get on. I mean, do you think that? Because obviously you got the ticket allocation issues, like, and I know that Arsenal and Chelsea have both had six thousand tickets allocated to them, and neither of them have sold their allocations. Um, I can't remember quite what the figures are. I, I think, think between the two teams, I, they've sent back roughly six thousand yes, tickets. I thought it was about half that they had sold. And we, I mean, is this a cry for UEFA to look at things in future, or you know what I mean? Or should there be a fair spread? I mean. Obviously, I know the Mkhitaryan thing is, you know, outrageous. It's outrageous. But, I mean, a lot of people, and a lot of people are calling for it to be at Wembley because there's two English clubs. And, But, I mean, personally, I'd have it at Wembley. But can you I, th- I think the big issue here is that UEFA have known for two years and Azerbaijan have known for two years that they will be holding this final. And... The main issue is that there aren't travel plans. Well, I mean, you, I think I think there is no sort of the airport can hold fifteen thousand supporters. Is that right? Like coming through the gate, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. So I mean, but it's a sixty thousand seat stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the maths it, don't quite add up, do they? You know, I very much. I think it's a little like Qatar uh, with the World Cup. I think they should be given an opportunity. Um, and you know the fact that it's been changed to the winter to accommodate that, I don't particularly see a problem with that. But if you don't have the capability of holding the final and making it accessible for the fans, um, you know the people that are paying to see their team week in week out, then quite honest. And you know I know the um, Azerbaijan um, authorities have said that Mkhitaryan will be safe but uh, Mkhitaryan has decided that he doesn't believe that he will be, so he won't travel. Um, I think if that's ever going to be the case, then I think you forfeit your right to hold such a semi-prestigious tournament, um, the final of which. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to dwell on the, the situation with Mkhitaryan. So I believe there's some sort of conflict going on to do with land between Armenia and Azerbaijan. For me, I think it should just be a rule in any sporting event that if there's a tournament um, which hosts players from different countries generally, you shouldn't hold any games in that tournament in a country that has conflict with any other country within the region, so to speak. So do you think the World Cup in Russia last year shouldn't have gone ahead? 
with their history with Ukraine? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, um, I just think that there should be as a as a country, you should have to pass a test of like non-conflict to prove your worthiness of hosting any sort of tournament. Like we wouldn't host a, a tournament in the on the Gaza Strip, for example. Fair. We wouldn't yep. host a tournament at any country going to war with another generally because it kind of puts one particular country, whether they qualify or not, even if Arsenal didn't have any players from Azerbaijan, I think uh, it's just, yeah, unfair. Because now we're in a situation where I think it's safe to say Mkhitaryan isn't Arsenal's best player, but if it was taken to a court of law and they had a very good lawyer behind them, they could say, well, our best player was missing and that could forfeit us the game. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. I don't understand how it can be sort of venued at a place where there is conflict mm. and affecting staff members, mm -hmm. you know, could be, you know, sort of is an issue. Um, I mean, the secondary thing is that they, they got 6,000 tickets each. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, take all of that, take all of that aside, you know what I mean, about the travel and where it is and how hard it is to get to. Yeah. Six thousand tickets in a stadium that's sixty hold holds sixty odd thousand people. It's not going to create I mean? the right atmosphere. Is Do you it? Know what I mean, even the Liverpool Tottenham game. Mm. I mean, the Athletic Madrid Stadium sixty five thousand. Sixty seven thousand, and Liverpool and Tottenham get thirty thousand between them. That's less than half the stadium capacity mm -hmm. because they're going to sponsors and and they're going corporate to and everything. corporate and I mean. Is that the way it's going? And I know we've gone off on a tangent and all this type of stuff, but that's just something I wanted to sort of make note about because I don't think it's quite right. Yeah. Um, but back to the final. Yes. Um, <laughs> I want to echo Ginger's thoughts about Ramsey because um, I think he is going to be a massive miss for Arsenal. Absolutely. I really do. And I think he, the fact that he's leaving at the end of the season and sort of on a free, I think is going to be massive for them next season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because a player of his ability would command, you know, in this day and age, a significant fee, which they could reinvested and brought someone else in. Not just of his ability, but of his like loyalty and what he's done for the club. Like, if in any other working profession, if you serve your your company well, then you get whether it be a pay rise, whether it's recognition, whether you're the most skilled worker or not, you get that sort of. Um, Acknowledgement, and I don't think Ramsey has really got that acknowledgement above, say, someone like Ozil. But don't you don't you think that's been a sort of a, a forte of Arsenal's, like not maybe not so much the loyalty, but their best players running down contracts and mm. and sort of you know leaving on the free or leaving on the cheap. You know, Van Persie done it for Man United a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sanchez has done it. Ozil was close to doing it before they gave him a ridiculous pay packet. And it's just sort of, it's such an Arsenal thing to do. Well, I think since the uh, the season when there were the Invincibles, in terms of um, heart, like we were talking about earlier with Tottenham and Liverpool, Arsenal have, have really lacked amongst the biggest clubs in the league. They've been like the least heartfelt, it would seem, from my perspective anyway. There seems to not be a leader in the club or not enough leaders in the club. No one who's really going to take games by the scruff of the neck. No one who's really going to kiss the badge and like you know, really salute the fans in a way that it means so much to them. And I think, if anything, Ramsey was probably the closest player they've had to that in the last few years. So seeing what's happened with him is kind of testament to something wrong 
from top to bottom with Arsenal. I, I couldn't agree with that more, to be honest. If you know, it's, if it's a straight shootout between Ramsey and Ozil and who you want in your side, you know, I, I don't think, um, I don't think Ramsey is a more talented footballer than Meza Ozil. Um, he's going to turn up more, though, isn't he? But he's going to turn up more. He has that heart. He has that ambition. Um, he has that work ethic, and he he does have the ability to turn games on their head and grab them by the scruff of the neck. I mean, he did it against Tottenham um, at the start of this season where Arsenal won 4-2. Um, at the moment Ramsey came into that game, the game completely changed for Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it is, it's, a, it's another bad bit of business. Even letting Danny Welbeck leave on a free is a bad... I mean, if Liverpool can get 19 million for Dominic Solanke, like how much is... Danny Welbeck, who's an England international, scored. You know, he's got he's definitely double figures for England. You know, has played for Manchester United and Arsenal in his career. You know, how much money are you losing out on? Mm, yeah, but that seems to be a figure. Like I said, it just seems to be there's no one seems to be business savvy. And going back to the Arsenal sort of like leaders, I think we notice with Arsenal a lot more because when you say about the Invincibles and things like that. How many leaders did they have in their team at that one time? I mean, you've got you've got Campbell, Vieira, Gilberto Silva, Henri, Bergkamp. They were all leaders in their own right, all the way through that spine, Seaman. And it's just, they never, when one left, it was never like they brought another one back in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, a true, you know, true gritty leader. I mean, when's the last time Arsenal had one of them? I, th I think Socrates is, he's not too far away from it. I think he's that kind of player. Um, I think Koscielny's been a great servant, but... Would you class him as a leader, though? I know he has a captain's armband, it's, but... It, it's tough, it's tough. I don't think he's your stereotypical leader, but I think he can work as a leader if you have the right sort of personalities and the right sort of mentality around you. Um, but my, you know, I think the other thing to say in this is that, you know, I think Chelsea are almost becoming becoming like Arsenal did after the Invincibles. I think they're now lacking leaders and, mm. you know, they're lacking that real sort of toughness that they had very much under Mourinho, you know, the first time he was in charge and even kind of the second time, you know, where he had sort of Matic, you know, Terry Lampard still pulling the strings, Drogba, like Diego Costa, you know, these are players that are really going to fight for you. And I think Chelsea, to a certain extent, maybe looking like they're losing that I wanted to say one of Chelsea's players who not necessarily a leader but is happy to take the game by the scruff of his neck like put the whole Chelsea team on his shoulders is Eden Hazard who's uh, looking like he's leaving uh, this summer I kind of wanted to ask who's going to miss the player more are Arsenal going to miss Ramsey more or are Chelsea going to miss Hazard more Hazard by a country mile I thought it potentially and was I think a stupid question Hazard has that ability to turn a game on his own, scruff of the yeah. neck. Um, he's just, and he, he is on, on his day, for me, the best player in the league. And I think he brings so much to Chelsea. And I think what will happen is, is as much as Arsenal, and I know I've already said this, as much as Arsenal will miss Ramsey for all the different things that he does, I think if Chelsea lose Hazard, which I think they will, mm -hmm. I don't. You can't replace him. You can't. And also, where do you, where where do you go from there? 
where do you where do you go from losing your talisman to not being able to replace him? And where did Chelsea as a team go? I, th- I think, um, like we were saying earlier about sort of um, Pochettino pulling Tottenham through, you know, uh, the Liverpool team and fans pulling Liverpool through this season, Hazard alone has pulled Chelsea through. You know, the fans don't like their manager. Uh, the players don't particularly seem that keen on the manager. You know, I don't blame Sarri, Sarri entirely. He, you know, he had such a short period of time in the summer. He was only really able to bring in one person, one of his players on a permanent deal. But it has been Eden Hazard that has got Chelsea into the Champions League next season. Sarri doesn't command that respect, does he? I don't feel like he does. You look at the League Cup final of uh, Kepa mm-hmm. and how badly that went. And that sticks. Mm-hmm. That sticks. That type of stuff just I don't know how you can wash with that, and it's how he sorts it out in the summer. Don't get me wrong, you know, to get third in the in the Premier League is a you know is a decent showing from a team that hasn't been convincing all season mm-hmm. and has had to rely on players, you know, like Hazard. Their firepower has not been great. I mean, they had Morata at the start of the season, um, who didn't really pull up trees. Giroud is, who I think is a decent player, but is never. He's never been the out-and-out goal scorer that a team needs up front. I I think he used to be, but the problem is now is I don't think... I think if you're a team that's, you know, trying to go for the league title, which Chelsea should be, Mm. I don't think you can have Giroud as your number one striker. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, and then they brought in Higuain, which... I think he's a a decent striker. See, I do, but I don't... He's a striker's striker. He's not scored as many as they would have liked him to. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know... Like I said, I just don't know where they're going with, you know, if they don't have Hazard. Back to this idea of heart, because in a Champions League final or in a Europa League final, and in any final, quality counts for only so much, and then obviously heart is a major factor. So between Arsenal and Chelsea, who do you guys think have the most heart? That that's a tough one because I think both teams this season have been accused of lacking heart. Um. I mean, that that Chelsea team, Chelsea ever since Mourinho was sacked for the first time, I think has always got by on heart. Um, whenever a manager <coughs> has sort of gone askew and the players have just sort of taken charge themselves, um, who was it? Who was I listening to? Um, there was a... Steve Sidwell. <coughs> sorry. Steve Sidwell in an interview said uh, after Mourinho left all the players the very first time all the players were crying and uh, Abramovich brought in Avram Grant until the end of the season and uh, Sidwell said that none of the players were happier with it and it was Drogba and Terry and Lampard that stood up and said boys we're taking charge of this team now and we're getting through and they made a Champions League final you know they eventually lost on penalties to United but (laughs) <laughs> Silas is one one little victory this this podcast. Um yeah. <laughs> so I think I think Chelsea I think just because of that, because they've got the players like uh Asper Equator, um Hazard, uh Louise, Rudiger, Rudiger I think. Um I think Chelsea just about edge it on heart. Um but I actually think this one will come down more to uh, tactical nous rather than uh, which team puts in the most. I see, 
I'm struggling to decide who has more heart. I really am. I think I'm... Yeah, I think I've got to go with Chelsea as well. And I think it's because Ramsey's not playing. I think if Ramsey is playing, I think I might have given it to Arsenal. Mm. But like Jin said, Aspilicueta, Hazard. So I mean, David Luiz. Um, even Giroud. Giroud, I think he's a, a hearty player. I think that we... It's going to be a real close final. Mm. It's going to be gritty. Um... I don't think it's going to be pleasant to watch at times, but I think that's what's going to make it good about it. I think it is just going to be sort of a, a derby affair. I think that's what we're going to find it. So just to, before we move on to playoffs, score predictions for the Europa League final? I think this one's going to penalties. I think it is going to penalties. And I, I, think, I think Arsenal are winning on penalties. That's... Even though Chelsea won on penalties in the semi-final, they've had that experience twice already this season. Um, I think it's tough because obviously, you know, Emery is a serial winner of this competition. He won it three years in a row with Sevilla. Um, you know, this is Sarri's second major final. He had a Serie B final as well, but um, either way, you know, he's lost his two previous finals. I think I think it's tough, uh, you know. It's it's broke today that it's looking like Kante is going to miss out on the final, which which I think last season would have been absolutely huge. But I think because Kante isn't employed in his best position, I think Loftus Cheek coming in could actually help Chelsea in a way because Kante doesn't get to do the defensive work that he's so good at. Um. <coughs> But I think Chelsea are going to win it. I think Chelsea are probably going to win 2-1. Um, Hazard averages a goal every three games against Arsenal, and it's been two games since he last scored. There you go. So, <laughs> I'm for saying, me, Hazard wins this and says goodbye yeah. the right way. I'm saying 2-0 Chelsea. Hazard and uh, Loftus-Cheek with the goals. <laughs> cool, so um, being completely honest, I... Mostly care about the Premiership and the Championship. Um, so I haven't really kept up with the playoffs in League Two and League One. But I'm sure you guys have. So uh, would you like to enlighten us with... Dan's pulling out his phone. <laughs> uh, so yesterday on Saturday we had the League uh, two. two playoff between Tramere and Newport. Um, quite an exciting game, actually. Um, very end-to-end towards the end towards the end of the match which, which made it a good watch didn't it I don't think but both teams weren't up to much you know for, for quite a bit of the for quite a bit of the game um, and it started to open up towards the end um, I think it especially opened up after Newport went down to to 10 men yeah yeah uh, their centre back O'Brien got sent off for a, a silly foul on Norwood which to me was actually a little controversial because Norwood was never getting anywhere near the ball. Uh, the ball played by the Tramier player was god awful, <laughs> and went to Newport's free centre back. Um, so yeah, maybe a little bit controversial. But after Newport went down to ten men, they were still the better team in the game, um, attacking well. Tramier keeper made a couple of good saves, um, and just in the end, I think the fatigue got them. Um, Tramier brought on. 
their right back Adam Buxton Adam Buxton who uh, skinned one of the uh, more tired Newport players played it back to Pringle who who is also a ranger um, shout out Ben Pringle <laughs> um, who then laid it off to Caprice who put in a lovely little ball and Connor Jennings put it away in there was that Connor Jennings that used to play for was it Connor Jennings that used to play for Bayern Munich? No, that was Dale Jennings. Dale that Jennings. signed, f- that that was sold from Tramia to Bayern Munich. That was it. Uh, but no, this was Connor Jennings, and um, yeah, scored in the 119th minute to lead Tramia to back-to-back promotions. And that's back-to-back playoff wins, in yes. fact. And that 119th minute in a playoff final at Wembley is the best way to go up. Like I. I think that is awesome. Like, just the euphoria of that one-off game meaning so much and sort of, you know, winning it late on. I I think it's better than winning the league. I, I think so. I, I Obviously, as a Spurs fan, I've never felt that. Same. But, <laughs> but I have never felt joy and ecstasy like I did in that last-minute Lucas Moura winner in the semi-final. Um, I was in the pub with uh, with Gareth, our friend Gareth, and shout out Gareth, <laughs> shout out Gaz, and honestly, I cannot remember the 25 seconds. Probably about 25 seconds after Lucas scored, I I remember him hitting it. I don't remember it going into the net particularly. I remember it being real slow and thinking it was just going nowhere. And cameraman, it, cameraman lost it, didn't he? <laughs> I lost have no idea. It. I yeah. have no idea. All just, I remember just, is being slightly covered in beer, screaming, hugging people. I had no idea who they were. It was just the most intense, insane feeling of my life. I went to a student night afterwards in O2 Academy, and I was hugging people and just saying, like, Musa Sissoko is going to be in a Champions League final. Like, Ollie Skip is going to be on the bench for a Champions League final. <laughs> like... Can we replace Kieran Trippier with Kieran Trippier Peters in the Champions League <laughs> final? <laughs> Just yeah, that that euphoria. There's nothing quite like the euphoria of a, a last-minute winner, no. especially when it it means so much. Exactly, and I and I think when when you go on to win something, or you know you go on to sort of more prominent sort of scale, I think it, it just increases everything. Even I mean, even even so, in just a general game, I think even in just a general you know, like football match at any level. I think a last minute winner is always going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, so congratulations to Tramir. Um And speaking of last minute winners today, yeah. seeing Charlton scoring the 94th minute to get back to the championship for the first time in what seems like quite a long time. Yeah. Can't wait for Sunderland till I die too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was, what was it you said, Sai, about Sunderland today? I just love the fact that within British football, there's a team that's almost like the pantomime, consistently unfortunate team. (laughs) (laughs) They seem to just constantly (laughs) fail. And even in moments where it's like, we might come back up, you haven't. (laughs) And it's quite quite funny. Sorry to all the Sunderland fans that may be listening. I'm literally laughing at your pain. But at least, you know, there's you're providing entertainment for a lot of people. I'm sure there's more people who are entertained by Sunderland's mishaps than those who are in pain by it. Do you just want to give your Twitter handle out just for all them Sunderland fans that might want to reach you? I'm not stepping foot up north for a while. <laughs> uh, 
So unless there's many Sunderland fans in London, I should be okay. <laughs> uh, did either of you see the own goal from this game? Yes, Dan did show me on his phone. It was quite something. That I mean, if they failed to qualify um, on the basis of that own goal, that would be that would be Sunderland till I die worthy. I know that's what I mean. If I mean, if wait, it was a Charlton goal. Wait, I'm confused. Charlton scored the own goal. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If they Charlton failed to win the game because of that own goal, then I think Charlton till I die should be created basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just it was just awful. It sort of goes against every rule you know as a goalkeeper and a defender. As a defender, you should never pass back in front of the goal. Yeah. As a goalkeeper, just be on your toes. Did Trippier do it this season? Trippier did do it this season. Trippier <laughs> did do it this season. <laughs> did it in a real important game. Did our Kieran Trippier. Um, what a wonderful man. What uh, a wonderful, wonderful man. Before we move on to part three. Um, oh, can I just give a quick oh, shout out yeah. to shout a Charlton out. player who scored today called yep. Ben Purrington. Oh, His name is Purrington. <laughs> real good name real good name and um, before we move on to part three just quick score predictions for the championship playoff final we've got frank lampard versus um john terry yeah ah oh, it's a tough one this is another one i think oh, i think derby are going up i think derby are going up and i think 2-1 and you know the only reason why i think derby are going up because i think villa have become slightly like Sunderland in terms of like the whole misfortunate thing. Yeah. And I think that they, you know, they lost the playoff final last season and I think they'll lose it again this year. And I think that it will be the low knees like Mason Mount and Harry Wilson, I think that will yeah. will pull Derby through. And I think they'll win two one in ninety minutes. I think I fully agree with you actually. Ah, uh, I I'm always to be honest, I don't particularly want Derby to win this game because because of the impact of their lone players, I'd say. Um, between Wilson and Mount, they've scored 29 goals this season. Their centre-back, Tamori, who looks a real good player. Um, he's played 54 games for them this season. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, it's it's almost as if, you know, it's a Premier League reserve side getting up. Don't get me wrong, I know Derby have more to them than that. Um, but Villa have beat Derby twice already this season. They beat them 3-0 at Pride Park, 4-0. Villa Park um, it was actually that game at Villa Park where they beat Derby 4-0 and Jack Grealish came back around that time and that started a 10 game winning run for them I think they're the form side I think I think they're I actually think they're the better side as well so I think I think I'm going to have Villa sneak it probably 1-0 Ooh. Nice. Well, that concludes part two. Uh, join us in part three, where uh, Ginge will be quizzing me and Dan, who are neck and neck currently. Welcome back to part three, and it's time for the quiz. This isn't someone I usually look forward to, but this is neck and neck, and I've got this. Who's got the most heart? Yeah, the most heart. <laughs> it's nothing to do with heart. This is just to do with luck. So we got Ginge asking the questions. Uh, take it in turns, talk like penalty shootout, penalty yep. shootout type rule. Um, I don't remember, it's been that long since we've done a quiz, but I don't actually know who went first last time. So 
Do you want to like flip a f coin for it? Yeah, I've got a coin. It's just them tight, them tight jeans are making it hard to get into that pocket, isn't it? Big thighs. <laughs> Big thighs. <laughs> Cheers. Right, you going heads or tails? Tails. So tails, you go first, or, yeah. or you choose. Here we go. Uh, tails, uh, tails, I choose. Okay, Ginger's flipping it. Tails, you're going first. Cool, I'll take that. I mean, I like coming first. In a way, that was kind of pointless because Sai was always getting one question and you were always getting the other. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> quiz is going to be a question each, roughly based around the ten teams we've spoken about today. So, from the Good Champions evening. League, Europa League, and all three football league playoffs. Um, Wait, this, so this is unfair because one of the teams we spoke about today was your team. We haven't spoken about that. That is why you will get the Liverpool question. Oh, what? And Dan will get the Tottenham question. Okay, what fair. Fair, fair. So, Silas. Oh, I know more about Tottenham than Liverpool. <laughs> the last time Liverpool won the Champions League, uh, yeah. Jurgen Flop wasn't in charge. Yeah. Um, it was 2005. Um, we remember a lot of iconic moments from that match, yeah. including the two Dudek saves. Yep. But can you tell me who scored the opening goal? in that match? Uh, oh, it was either... I feel like it was either Vladimir Smitsa or Dietmar Harman. But I'm not going to be too quick. Oh, who was, it was one of those two. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. Xabi Alonso had a penalty. It was saved, but then he followed up and scored. Xabi Alonso. That was the opening goal in the match, do you think? Oh, in the match? In the match. Oh, I thought you meant Liverpool's opening goal. No. Nope. Uh, the opening goal in the match was by... Hernan Crespo. Incorrect. Ah! Crespo got the second and third, but Dan, who got the first? Paolo Maldini. Oh. And and by the way, Smeets, uh, Alonso scored the goal to make it 3-3. Gerard's header made it 3-1. <laughs> <That was wrong. laughs> made it 3-2, though. <laughs> um, right, so Dan. Uh, this will be Tottenham's fifth major European final but their second All-English final. Uh, can you name the current Premier League team they played in the 1972 UEFA Cup final? I'll give you a little hint. They're a non-top six club. That is horrific. A non-top six club in 72. In 1972. Um, I am going to go with... I'm going to go Everton. Incorrect. <coughs> so, do you know the answer? I actually don't, but can I, <laughs> <laughs> can I have a guess? Go. Uh, I'm going to guess... Um, oh, man. Newcastle United. It wasn't, no. It's a team that actually got back into Europe this season for the first time in a long time. Wolves, Wolves it oh, is. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yes. I like you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sai. Hello. Chelsea are looking to win their second Europa League after winning it in 2013. Yes. Who did they beat that day? Oh, Oh man, who did they beat in 2013? Oh, 
that feels like something I should absolutely know. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, I remember 2013. But like we've established in this podcast, I don't <laughs> care about the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take a complete stab in the dark and I'm going to say Villarreal. Dan, do you know it? It's a Spanish team, isn't it? It's not a Spanish team. Is it team. not? I knew that. Um, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg. No, it was Benfica. Oh. <laughs> Proud of you. Um, Dan, Arsenal's last European final was the 2006 Champions League final. Who opened the scoring for Arsenal that day? Sol Campbell. Correct. Smash! Because <laughs> the two... Was the two Barcelona scorers... Eto and Belletti. Yes, well yes. done. I, I was actually thinking of doing the Belletti question for you. Um, yeah. But thought you might get that. I thought the Sol Campbell one might be a little bit harder. but Cause he, Did he get sent off as well? No, Jens Lehmann got sent That's off. That's it, Lehmann. Oh, man. Just uh, for the record, I, would, I knew that answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Silas. Hello. Uh, Villa beat West Brom penalties to reach the playoff final for the second consecutive year. Birmingham Derby. Who did they beat last year to reach the final? <laughs> what? That's not funny. Uh, this is the absolute stab in the dark. I'm going to say Sheffield United. It wasn't, no. It was Middlesbrough. Sheffield United weren't even in the league last year. Laggy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, not, not that I've become super competitive, one of us, but I don't like it. Right, so 1-0 with Dan going into his third question. The last time Derby were in the playoff final was five years ago. Four players played that day who have made at least one appearance for Derby this season. Can you name two of them? Oh, five years ago. So that would have been... Against QPR. Okay, so have I literally the Bobby got the Bobby Zamora final? Have I got shout out Bobby Zamora? Have I got like just two guesses? Like, so if I get one wrong, I'm done. Yes, <laughs> I'm one nil up, mate. <laughs> um, Richard Keogh, correct, and uh. I, I, I feel like he played for Norwich then, but Bradley Johnson. You are incorrect with your second guess. Um, you could have had uh, Craig Forsyth, okay. Craig Bryson, yep. or I think you'll kick yourself for this one, Andre Wisdom. literally don't have the wisdom. <laughs> that was fun. Um, Charlton. What are you doing? <laughs> Dan is currently squatting right in front of Silas. That sounds like I'm giving, giving him the eye. Yeah. About to get out the Ugandan fruit fly. Just, just, one, just one eye though. <laughs> um, 
Charlton and Sunderland played each other in one of the greatest playoff finals in 1998. I think you can say today. Uh, no, today wasn't that great. <laughs> um, but one member of that winning Charlton team went on to play for England. Who was that player? One player went on to play for England from that Charlton team. And what year was it, sorry? Uh, so uh, the playoff final was in 1998. 1998. Who played for Charlton then? I played for I'll give you a little clue. Uh, that one player played in the 2002 World Cup. Oh. So my initial thought was Marcus Bent, but I think I might have got the years wrong. I think he might be a little bit younger. Played in the 2002 World Cup. Um. Oh, this is annoying. I'm trying to think of that that World Cup squad. You had David Seaman in goal. Beckham played that season. Had Sol Campbell, Rio Ferdinand, the left winger Trevor. Is it Trevor Sinclair? Yes, Trevor Sinclair. That That's not the answer. But oh, yes, you got <laughs> Trevor Sinclair right. I think he didn't. Uh, Jason Yule played for Charlton, but didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I am probably clutching. The Jamaican international, Jason <laughs> yeah. Yule. I did know that. That's why I said his name and then thought, nah, he played for, played for the reggae boys. Oh my God. Ledley King. No. Huh? Oh man. Right back. Left back. He was a wing back. Danny Mills. Danny Mills is correct. <laughs> How, that out how of has bag. he done that? Have you shown him that bit of paper? That I, I want to. How have you done that? I I was thinking of Luke Young. I thought of Luke Young. Everybody's too young. Yeah, <laughs> Danny <laughs> Mills. Time. How have you done that? Honestly, mate. <laughs> um, Dan, um, Sunderland's three goal scorers that day were Kevin Phillips, Niall Quinn, and Nicky Summerby. Can you tell me which of the three made the most appearances for Sunderland? All Sunderland legends in their own right. Niall Quinn. So, in third was Nicky Summerby with 94 appearances. In second was Niall Quinn <laughs> with 203 appearances. I like it. Kevin Phillips made five more appearances. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer I would have gone for just for the record. See, if I had your questions, Dan. Yeah, well. 
What's the score? Is it 1-1? It's 1-1 yeah. going okay. into the last question. Oh. Oh, this is about Tramia. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this w- this one actually is about Newport. <laughs> I don't know anything about them either. <laughs> Been to Newport. It's in Wales. That's where uh, what they called the band are from. Guns don't kill people, rabbits do. Goldie looking chain. That's the one, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I used to sponsor Newport once upon a time. They did. Oh, nice. Um, Knowledge. So Newport are one of three Welsh teams yep. in the Football League. <laughs> Can you name the other two? No. Please let me the question. <laughs> no, and obviously they participated um, in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. It's 20 years since a Welsh team participated in the League 2 playoffs. Okay. Can you name me who that was? doesn't necessarily have to be a different team. Just the last Welsh team to participate in League 2 playoffs. So I'm thinking Swansea, Cardiff. Do Wrexham count as a Welsh team? No, it's Wrexham do count as a Welsh team. I feel it could be Wrexham, but I'm not going to I'm not going to be too quick to say Wrexham. In fact, I'm going to be very quick to say Wrexham. <laughs> you shouldn't have been so quick to say Wrexham. Oh. <laughs> Was it Swansea? It was Swansea. Yes. That would have been, well. (laughs) Good save. Thank you. Right, Dan, your question about Tramia. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) So, as mentioned, Tramia gained back to back promotions. Can you name me the last team to gain consecutive promotions from the Conference or National League? League One. Oh, this has happened quite a few times, and I'm completely stumped because I can't remember any of them that have done it. Um, I'm gonna say AFC Wimbledon. Unfortunately, Dan, that is incorrect. <coughs> Silas, I think it's Wigan Athletic. It's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Wigan Athletic. Um, no, it was uh, Crawley in 2012. Oh, they crawled their way up. <laughs> <laughs> Crawley Road. I'm so glad that we can <laughs> take this to a sudden death, just so sudden this can death. keep going on. <laughs> Crawley tear, Crawley tear. So, what I'm yes. going to ask you to yep. is to take it in turns answering the next question. And the first one to get it wrong. First one to get it wrong. First one to get get it or provide a wrong answer okay. loses. Okay. So sorry because you won the toss. You'll go first. Yeah, I'm a tosser. <laughs> Since the European Cup was rebranded to the Champions League in 1992, can you name the clubs who've won both the Champions League? and the UEFA Cup slash Europa League. How many clubs are there, sorry? There are seven clubs in total. Uh, so Manchester United? Just one. I only need one? Just one, and then it's Dan's turn. Okay. Liverpool. Manchester United was Liverpool. correct. Liverpool is correct. 
Chelsea? Chelsea is correct. Now, I, I'm, I'm a little bit stumped, though, because Chelsea was going to be my answer. Um, I think there's one more that you pro- you guys probably should get, and then the other three are a little bit of a stab in I'm the I'm just dark. thinking, I'm just trying to work it out now. Um, I don't think, I'm not sure, I'm not 100%, but it's the only one I can think of. Porto. Porto is correct. That was my one. <laughs> they won it back to back with Mourinho. Yeah. Beating Celtic in the final, Bummer. I believe. And then beating Monaco in the final of the Champions League. That's really, really annoying. That was honestly my one. Yes. They are. I didn't realise these teams had won the UEFA Cup. I'm going to go with Inter Milan. Inter Milan is correct. Yes! (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) Dan, you have two to choose from. Oh, he's done it. He's done it because I ain't getting this. Um... Two are jumping out at me, but I don't think either of them are the two. I am going to go for... Oh, I need to think about this for a minute. Don't give me that stare. Don't give me that stare. No, no. Do you know what? Complete stab in the dark. Marseille. Not a bad guess. But it's a wrong <laughs> guess. <laughs> the other ones I thought of is Juve and Ajax. I thought of Ajax. Ajax won the UEFA Cup in 1991, which was just before it turned into the Champions League. Juventus would have been a correct answer. <laughs> you missed out. And there was one more then? There was one more. Do you want a stab in the dark? Yeah. Uh, that one stab in the dark, I'm going to say... I'm going to say AC Milan. Incorrect. Oh, it is Bayern Dan. It is Bayern Dan. So you got the other two just after you made the wrong... Guess. So that means I win. You do. <laughs> that means Silas is the winner. And the winner overall for the podcast this season. Thanks, Dan. Well played. Second place, Liverpool. <laughs> oh, you are used to this, aren't you? <laughs> you are used to being a loser. Jürgen Flop, thanks. Uh, thank you, Ginge, for hosting that lovely, very difficult quiz. <laughs> Absolute pleasure, boys. Absolute pleasure. Uh, join us next week on the Generate Football Show. Well, we look into the team that's won the Champions League thanks guys you could be presenting that on your own (laughs) we'll just call it the Tottenham podcast next week then (laughs) thanks guys (laughs) 